Disclosure, the information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, any and all information presented in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making any decision. Hi, everyone. Ben Keedy here with the Wealth Crypto Podcast, and I have another great episode for you today. So this last week, I had the pleasure of hosting Marav Ozer. She is a PhD at NYU and is researching and consulting on all things crypto. And she also has a consultancy herself where she helps all sorts of crypto projects uh, implement the technology. So I hope you enjoyed this. This was a great, great podcast, and um, we'll leave it there. Thanks. And we are live. There we go. Hey, Marav. Thanks for coming on. Hello, hello. Nice to see you. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad we were finally able to pin this down and get this done after a reschedule or two. I know, I know. You had some really exciting yeah, celeb- uh, uh, celebration in your family. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Um, but so. I appreciate your patience. So, um, but let's see. Let's just jump right into it. So, for all mm-hmm. my listeners, maybe just you know, give a brief overview of you, what you're up to now, how you got into crypto, and then we can jump into a, a variety of topics. Okay, so I'll try to be brief. I mean, it's hard for me, you know, I have a, a long, I have a background which is unconventional and traditional, and uh, so I, I kind of like, so I'll try to stay brief and on, on point, but, you know, but it will help people better understand, you know, why my views are so electric. Um, so, okay. So I started, you know, as a, in, 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 as a STEM, you know, I went to high school, which was STEM high school. So my background, my, where all, you know, the foundation is very much technical, uh, all tech. Uh, then I went to college, got introduced to finance and economics. Very intriguing. I don't know. I mean, sometimes people forget that economics basically is not in it's in social science it's, it's called sciences but it's not science sure. science it's social science and well, yeah. therefore yeah i mean and and therefore yes it's a lot of you know nowadays it, it becomes so mathematical there are all kinds of uh, mathematical uh, models and all that which you know I've, I've learned and i was very happy but sometimes it there's a lot of social philo- uh, philosophies and theories behind it and uh, and people also forget that the the the, the, the I don't know the traditional uh, economists were philosophers. Yeah, you mean people don't <laughs> behave like math problems? Is what you're telling me? Uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And this is why you know people say, "Oh, behavioral finance." I mean, why are you even saying behavioral finance? I mean, this is economics. It's coming from social science. Yeah. So. Yeah. Why are you surprised that there's a behavioral issue here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mean people <laughs> to begin like to, with. Yeah, people like to spend money and we're hardwired for instant like dopamine rush. Like that might, you know, <laughs> a small factor. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh so this is, you know, and and so I, you know, I I, I knew that was completely new to me. I was very intrigued by all the social problems and the theories and and the, and the problems and and then you know being like someone who's always been a nonconformist uh, who cares about society and wants to do a change thought about okay I have all these technical skills I mean how can I apply them so one thing led to another and I decided to go for a PhD I'm not saying that this is the only way to try and figure out things in life yeah. <laughs> That was my my way. Yeah. And I came to New York City and got my PhD at Stern Business School NYU. That's a good um, school. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. No, no complaints <laughs> by all means. Um yeah, and, and I started, you know, I at first you know started as a quant, which kind of made sense to me because you know, quantitative finance, my quantitative skills, and applying them to to the financial markets. Uh, so I was a lot into market microstructure, trading strategies, algorithmic trading, and all of that. And, uh, and as I was working on my 
strategies. Um, I started with equities and I went eventually into FX. I stumbled on crypto. So I kind of got okay. into that. I like to say in the back door, it wasn't like, you know, a conscious decision, you know, I want to get into crypto or something. Yeah. So, so you were, you were working on Forex quant strategies mm-hmm. and then, yes. so you're trading these currency pairs and someone says, Hey, have you heard about this other currency? And that was is that kind of jumping the gun or no no it was it was like you know you know talking about ai and stuff right okay uh so i'm being a data scientist right i mean what is a quant quant is it i call it like data science for finance so you got the data a lot of data and you and when you got all the data you don't even know what picking up and with all the pairs that I've seen, I um, mean, with the forex, there were a lot of brokers. You know, today it's a little bit more structural. Back then, brokers who offers FX, they also offered crypto because oh, you know okay. it made sense. Yeah. You know, trading in pairs, twenty four seven, global, yeah. and all of that. But then, you know, you, when you do your analysis, you see, you know, like there's a group that doesn't really behave like the regular FX. <laughs> you know, like the pairs. <laughs> And you said to yourself, what is going on? I mean, oh, okay. like, and so I want to understand why is these pairs are not behaving like the pairs that I am traditionally sure. uh, investigating. You know, like they use dollar to, to the pound or they use dollar to the yen, all of that. You know, they, I mean, what I mean, but it's it kind of like says, I, it's the way that I like to describe it, it looks like a cow, but doesn't behave like a cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how I I, I defined it, and uh, I was okay. So, so what's going on? Because what I mean that it didn't behave like the cow. <laughs> I mean, what I mean by that, yeah, usually you know, when I'm talking about the pairs that I just mentioned, you know, the, the regular fiat pairs, you know, USA, the euro, euro to yen, and all those, the the drivers are usually uh, macroeconomic, whether right. it's GDP. Uh, or, you know, the announcements of the Fed, you know, interest is going down, up, uh, inflation and all that. So these are basically the, usually the drivers. It's all monetary policy and macroeconomics events and all that, which crypto, I mean, today they're moving a little bit in sync. You know, we've seen that, you know, in the past uh, year or so, you know, people saying, you know, Bitcoin is not a safe haven anymore. Um, well, it's also a, win- a crypto winter. That's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, but other than that, you know, the, the drivers are are not the same, and the drivers are not the same. So I want to understand what's going on. I mean, uh, what is this? Uh, and then I realize, you know, I, that there's a yeah, it's not uh, issued by by a central bank. It's uh, mm-hmm. there's a technology behind it. And called blockchain, and I was oh okay technology oh I know that I yeah. know that name I know what that means, and I really was super intrigued, and I wanted to know more about that, and and this is how I got I started you know really delving more and more into that, and since then I'm really twenty four seven everything to do with technology, and uh, you know I'm already in AI I mean algorithm threading and AI and all that. So it was kind of trying, you know, to adding that, you know, now I'm thinking about AI and blockchain. I'm also teaching at Cornell courses, you know, in AI. So uh, AI doesn't, a lot of intersection, which I'm about to write probably an article soon on AI and blockchain because there are all kinds of uses uh, to that as well. In fact, in monitoring a, a blockchain and blockchain to Provide it's kind of works both ways. I can talk about it later if you like later. But uh, there are a lot, you know, all these emerging technologies, you know, uh, you know, I call it like a full system solutions, which I going I'm in the process of writing a book on, on emerging technologies, which is basically everything from the AI, generative AI, Web3, metaverse, etc. Cetera, etc., cetera, and how they're all going to affect our lives and thinking about um, this um what I call a full system solution. So, yeah, I I kind of like stumbled on it, and since then I was like, I, I can't, you know, get. I, it, it's 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 part of my life now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a you got bit like a lot of people do. Um, 
when <laughs> so so I'm curious when when you discovered that currency pair that was not doing what it was supposed to when was that like what year exactly that was about eight years ago okay yeah so um yeah before the before the the big hype and the down hype and sure yeah i kind of like didn't get like right when bitcoin was launched but definitely pretty early yeah got early uh, yes, I say eight, maybe nine, you know, but it was like when uh, it started, you know, you know, with Ethereum probably and, and others. So, so this was more, you know, some more pairs just than okay. to USD. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, so this is why it was picked up by, by the database, you know, that was, you know, because there were, there wasn't just Bitcoin, there were others. So I guess it's how it was picked up. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, so you discovered these currency pairs. They're new. You start learning about blockchain. What, I guess, what was it that intrigued you so much about it that, you know, now you spend 24 seven working on this stuff? Why, why jump? Like how, how, why did you jump in so hard? Uh, well, I was fascinated about the concept of this technology, because I do believe that this technology can can have a lot of benefits. I mean, yes, there are challenges. Um, you know, when people are saying to me, well, you know, it's not this, it's not that, you know, why, you know, I don't understand it. And I'm trying to explain to people that if you think about it, Bitcoin was basically, I like to call it the pilot. It's basically, it's not perfect, there's a lot of problems of scalability. Yes, it's not, you know, people saying, well, it, it cannot scale. It cannot, it is, you know, it's only like, I don't know, even though now with a, a taproot, I don't know if you heard about this latest, you know, it's not, that's the latest one. It's not so uh, so new, new because it's, uh, it was like in almost two years ago. I mean, one year and a half ago, um, like that, um, in November 21. So it was, it's a while. Uh, but it allowed for the amplification of uh, uh, of uh, this um, new mem coins, you know. The, so, so that's uh, so it did made a change. Um, but you know, back to Bitcoin even before the rooftop uh, roof uh, um, taproot. Um, before that happened, I mean, if you think about it, it was supposed to be only a payment system. And the payment system, you know, if you think about it, it was launched. When was it launched? In early, you know, January of 2009. Mm-hmm. 2009, if you think about it, you hopefully uh, are not, uh, I don't know, uh, Gen Alpha, who don't remember anything. But... <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm only 33, so when the world fell apart last time, I was I was actually just right in college. So I went to college the fall of 2008, and then graduated in 13. So, you know. So, so. you kind of uh, drove. Through, I mean, kind of like boost through college. You know, when things were really not going bad for the those who graduated. You know, in 2008 nine. It was a so, really good time to be in college, for sure. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, that was smart. <laughs> yeah, there smart. was nothing smart about it. It was just pure luck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my parents yes. you know, had me in 1990, and then the math just worked out to go to college then. So, um, but... Uh, so, so they yeah. did their math. They did their math. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess um, they didn't do any trades, though. If they if they were that clairvoyant, they should have put some trades on for sure. But uh, well, so if you think about it, it was exactly right after the financial crisis, and the whole idea was to create a new payment system, no intermediaries, no um, um, uh, central banks, no brokers, no financial institutions. Sure. Because you know they, they people lost trust with the financial system. Yeah. So the idea was to create something that has no that type of trust, and whoever governs this system is basically the people. 
Yeah. So everyone, yeah. you know, every computer today, it's basically impossible. But the idea was that every computer, every, even my computer, your computer, the one that we are using right now, uh, can be a node that yeah. will provide power to to the system. That's what the node is. Is a, and all of us together will, will govern it. You know, there's a protocol which explains how it is governed, and I'm not going to take go into that technicalities. I mean, I'll be happy to do it at a different time. Uh, but the idea is that you know, it's it's a system by the people for the people. If you sure. think about, it. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I've, the, the, I do have some questions yeah. on that, but we can circle back to that. Um, yeah. So, if you think about it, the whole idea and being someone who has always uh, thought about society and how to help society and thinking about, you know, coming from all the social science and everything else uh, and all the problems of economics, said, oh, I mean, this is a neat idea how technology can really help solve, uh, solve a social problems, really create equity, really create democratized society. There's so much potential. Maybe Bitcoin didn't really fully, you know, the 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 the, sure. the the concept was great, but you know the implementation was so so maybe. Uh, but that's how it works with technology. I'm someone who comes from technology. I know that nothing happens in a day, and there's yeah. a process, and people, you know, always get impatient. But you know that's technology. But it gave me hope that we have something. That can really make a change. Sure, sure. So and this is why I got so intrigued about the technology. Not just you know, okay, we're gonna buy or sell you know, Bitcoin or not, but more about what the technology can do. And I'm more focused on the the implementation and the application of the technology. Not so much about okay, it's gonna go to the moon or not. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I I think that's. I mean, I think a couple of things. I think one, just from an optics standpoint, that story should be told more, right? Like what the technology can actually do rather than, you know, YouTube traders, you're going to, you know, buy a Lamborghini type stuff, which you see everywhere. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I think that sort of values-based, you know, summary of the technology is super important. But what I wanted to circle back to was um, mm -hmm. just kind of how you think about I guess from a philosophical standpoint, just like what do you think about, you know, I guess legacy fiat systems versus what potentially could be a new crypto-based system? Um, you know, and and I guess I mean it doesn't have to be totally decentralized, but maybe the maxis would say that it should be. But how do you kind of generally think about like, you know, where we are with our sort of legacy financial system and where the opportunities are to make it better uh, just across the board. There are a few things that, you know, going back to the concept of equity, uh, not, um, I mean, equality and really social equity and financial inclusion. Sure. I, I think this technology can definitely bring it. Uh, and we've seen all kinds of use cases. Um, like, you know, people, you know, when I'm talking to, you know, let's put it this way. If you talk to, pe to people, most people in the web, in developed countries like the U.S. Uh, or Europe, they will say, oh, everything is fine with my financial system. I mean, sure, there are yeah. no problems. Everything is great. Why do we even have to bother with all of this other technology? But they forget that even within the developed countries, there are a lot of pockets, I call it, of underserved communities. Not everyone is great. Um, the social gap and the economic gap is increasing by the second, if you think about it. Sure, yeah. And I just heard uh, I just heard that, you know, probably, you know, because of we have, I mean, the U.S. debt that we have. Um, we don't talk no, about I'm that. We, we don't talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We just, you know, put it on the carpet, you know, sweeping yeah. up the carpet, you know, you know let, it, let it blow. Yeah. They might <laughs> understand that the taxes are probably going to go up um, in order to pay for all of that eventually. It will, you know, catch up with us. I mean, I don't know. We, probably no in our generation. 
I mean, yeah. it seems like our generation will have to pay for it. Uh, you I know, it, 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 we can sweep it to the yeah. other generation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are so many things to talk about there, but um, but yeah, uh, the I. I the, the like the the simple analogy I give to people is like um you know okay so you don't want to talk about you know the thirty one two trillion dollars in outstanding U.S. debt fine like, <laughs> but just like debt financing to into oblivion like into the abyss is I just I, I personally just don't understand it because like if I was to give you a credit card you know and just give you an unlimited limit like it you know you're it just doesn't make sense like eventually bills have to be paid right and exactly and you know i mean i my personal take is that you know it's more or less being paid through inflation right mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. that argument i think is hard for you know less financially minded people to kind of just grasp but I mean, I think if you look at the purchasing power of the dollar over yep. the last hundred years, like it, it's not that it's 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 the, the, the diminishing. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So uh, just kind of circle back on that. I've got a little sidetracked. So like, where where are we with this monetary system? Right? Like, what what do you think the opportunities are to improve upon this? And this can probably dovetail into the topic du jour with. Uh, you know, dairy and uh, the SEC. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we want more financial inclusion. So going back, you know, to the example, give you an example of how we can implement because of this technology, even though it's not fully decentralized, even the government can do that, an X-Menti, what I mean. So Thailand, you know, it's not U.S., but and the population, 70% of them more or less are either underbanked or um, unbanked, which is less of the, I mean, higher percentage than here. So they saw a necessity. I always say that, you know, people say that the necessity is a mother of all adoption. <laughs> Probably this is why nothing is happening in the US and people think that everything is peachy. Uh, but they are the sort of necessity. So um, the government itself, it comes from government, they tokenize. So they had an experiment. I think even uh, JP Morgan was involved with that and other banks. Um, and they tokenized government bond. Yeah. And they made it, you know, this government bond. I mean, they, they did a few things with emerging branches. They also incorporated AI, but I'll talk about it later, you know. But but let's focus on, on the technology of the blockchain technology. So they tokenized the bond. And this bond, they because it is tokenized, it was they 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 it was from um, the, the information that they gathered. Uh, the reason why they do, did that, it was, it was, yes, they wanted to bring financial inclusion and uh, want to experiment with that. Because, you know, usually when the government issue a bond, it usually goes to the prime brokers and prime brokers have the clients and the clients are usually the wealthy ones. So it goes to the, maybe in Thailand, probably goes to the 10% of the population and the rest, you know, are getting that. Yeah. Uh, and in the U.S., I don't think that's even any different. It probably also goes to the, not the 10%, but maybe the 1%. Yeah, most most people don't have treasury direct accounts, you know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what they did is so they decided, okay, that's what happens if we just go with the regular issuance bonds. But what if we tokenize it? So when they tokenize it, they they captures two things. One, they were able to open it up to everyone who basically has a, a smartphone. And people say, Oh, is it possible? Yes. I mean, if you think about it. A lot of places, you know, in, in rural Africa went, or even in India, went from no communication to suddenly a smartphone. Why? Yeah. Because the infrastructure for a landline was very, very expensive. But the infrastructure today for the wireless is less expensive. And this is why now everyone has a smartphone. So, yes, it is possible to let everyone almost everyone has a smartphone and this is why it is adopted in all of these places uh the rural places etc and those who are underserved in thailand so they 
open it up to everyone. Now, and not only that, because it is tokenized, you can have uh, the 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 value of the of um, the the smallest value is could be like you know even one dollar or or yeah. nothing. You know, so yeah. so you don't have to purchase a a, blo- a block. A block, a block of of let's say a thousand, like you have to do with treasuries today, yeah. right? You can't yeah. buy just one dollar. Yeah. I mean, no one is going to let you buy one dollar. But they made it, you know, so small that everyone can participate. So even if I don't have a thousand, I only have one dollar. Uh, I can participate. Yeah. So what I realize is two things. You know, they did the research. You know, after the launch, it that the in the they first of all it was you know kind of like uh, a sold out so to speak in in a matter of, of I don't know hours. Okay, so so and, r- real quick, um, just from the marketing standpoint to the Thai people, mm-hmm. did, did uh, their central bank and their government say, "Hey, we've got you know this tokenized bond. If you want access to it, just go to this link at this time and blah blah blah." Yeah, I mean, they def- no, they, they usually they went through uh, financial institutions, you know, like uh, that, you know, were able to. Uh, it was it wasn't you know going directly from the from the let's say the, the government, I mean, the central bank, but through uh, through uh, banks who provided the technology. So okay, and okay, all of that. So um, and I think also IBM was uh, involved uh, in this technology. So there was a lot of you know. Participants in that, some of the government, you know, build sure. it. And, sure, sure. But it, but it can but but the top, but but the bond is 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 a treasury bond, you know, of the government. So it's supposed to be secure and not volatile yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, supposed to be. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, <laughs> but uh, the, the idea is that so. The, 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 the finding that they, I know after, you know, it was issued and everything, the finding was really very promising because uh, the level of financial inclusion was was really, really very high. So the majority who bought this bond were basically the, you know, the lower income, okay. uh, the low income. And uh, they, uh, and, and that's basically what, it was just, you know, an, a good experiment to show you that that you can create financial inclusion. Yeah, that's so interesting. With blockchain, even though it's not, you know, decentralized in the sense that it's on Ethereum. Sure. It's still using blockchain technology. So the technology has the potential to really unlock all of these non uh, uh Situations of of of, of uh, uh, the the social yeah. inequality that we have yeah. Today. yeah yeah so that was you know I think a great experiment I don't know if the US is going to do something like that here but Thailand probably felt like something that made sense from their perspective sure yeah so a couple of things come to mind for me because. <laughs> I think it's a super interesting experiment and I'm surprised that like the lower, the lower end of the economic spectrum was so willing to go out and purchase this tokenized bond from, you know, the Thai government. That's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's great. The interest is there, right. Um, Mm -hmm. It worked and that's all fantastic. The thing that I personally get very scared about is the programmability of the blockchain used by governments and you know, I would probably prefer if we didn't have some super programmed U.S. dollar here in the United States that tracked everything. But it seems that that's kind of, you know, on the table as a potential mm-hmm. option. I mean, right. Um, I mean, what, what, do, what do you think about, you know, sovereign governments controlling currencies and programming money? Like, I'm sure there's advantages and disadvantages. I just naturally tend towards you know, totalitarianism when I think about that. So yeah, it, let's go this way. If if I, you know, ideal ideally or idealistically, uh 
I like the Bitcoin approach, you know, when it was launched, you know, for the people, by the people, no government, no anything. But, you know, I wrote about it that it's kind of like <laughs> it started with this beautiful idea uh, because, you know, after the financial crisis, Let's, you know, say, for, forget about, you know, government. And then this was built. And then, you know, people, you know, greed got in the way because, you know, you had the miners sitting on a pile of money. That was money because, you know, every time when you reward them, you're giving them the bitcoins and then saying, okay, I can't go and buy milk with that. What can I do with it? Oh, let's trade. Yeah. So this is how, you know, all this trading with, with, uh, with crypto, you know, started because the miners were sitting on a pile of money, so to speak. And... I can't do anything with that, you know, sure. buying pizza. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pizza, you know. I mean, it's easier now. It's yeah. It's uh, to your, to your point earlier though, about technology and how it's not perfect from the get go, you know, transacting mm -hmm. or just sending a Bitcoin or an ETH even a couple of years ago was a lot more involved than it is now. So like the, right. the, use, the user exactly. interface has caught up in a big way, which, it's exactly. Great. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm talking about what, 13 years ago or yeah. 11 years yeah. ago. I mean, it wasn't there. And now, okay, sitting on the pile, why don't you always start trading? So we got in the way, in the way. We start trading. It's volatile because there's not much liquidity there. And this is why it's volatile. Just think about penny. Penny stocks, right? Yeah. Penny stocks. So why they volatile? Because there's no there's there's no liquidity. I mean, there's, there's a belly on the inequality. And that's exactly why they are so volatile. People are saying, oh, because this problem with this currency. No, there's no problem with the currency. It's 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 it's, it's a trading problem, which has yeah, to do with the volume. There's only like a hundred people trading it. <laughs> exactly. So what yeah. are you expecting? It's that penny stock. Yeah. Uh so so that so it became volatile, and uh, people saying, "Oh, okay, so let's make it more stable. How do we make it stable?" And people came with this, you know, invention, uh, so to speak, of uh, stable coins. So now we yeah. have a proliferation of stable coins and stable coins now. And then that caught the, especially you know, when then Facebook also wanted to create their own stable yeah. coins, and that got you know the focus and the alarm alarm kind of like for. for all uh, all over the world and all governments you know start saying oh no we don't want to yeah. stable coins Facebook yeah uh when it was you know all kinds of other companies I think we didn't care much but oh Facebook no 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 and then yeah. you know it got got their attention and now this want to regulate the stable coins because they're saying oh that might you know I because it, it's pegged to the most of them are pegged you know to some fiat currency yeah. usually most of them are to the U.S. and the euro, and they say, "Oh, it's gonna, you know, work, you know, un create unstable uh, financial system and uh, uh, and uh, affect our um, sovereignty and et cetera, et cetera. And then, oh, okay, so if you want to, so maybe we're regulating, you know, stable coins is not enough. Oh, now we can come up with a new invention." Create a CBDC, a central bank, uh, you know, a digital currency. And now I feel like, what an irony! We back to to square one. We wanted to avoid that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah, the I, I've been. I mean, I'm sure you have too, but I've been listening to all sort of the commentary about the the Binance Coinbase lawsuits and. Um, mm -hmm. Some uh, I heard this on Bankless. I don't know if you listen to Bankless at all, but they uh, they had they had who what I forget who they had. It was recent, but long story short is uh, there's speculation that the U.S. government doesn't want crypto to not be here. They just want to control it, right? And that's kind of what the CBDC thing looks like to me. So I, I guess. I mean, if you think about the, the, the trail of events, how I explain that to you, you can understand that it comes from a control, you know, situation, right? Yeah. You know, at first, you know, okay, it was just crypto. Oh, okay, we can we can ignore it. This is why they ignored it. Oh, stable coins. Oh, we started ignoring that until, you know, big tech, you know, came in. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, 
now we have to do something. Sure, 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 sure. So do you, is there, I mean, is there a way to have all the benefits of a CBDC, you know, a more efficient US dollar globally while mitigating some of the totalitarian tendencies of of governments? I mean, can we avoid it completely? I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to see because, you know, then we're going to be like an arm race between governments because uh, if, let's say, the EU is going to, you know, launch its own and then the UK, then the US will kind of will have no choice. You know, they don't want to lose the power of the dollar. So they will end up, you know, just because now everyone is in a point of race. I mean, the, the, the Chinese already have something which is not completely a CBDC. It's kind of a digital yuan which runs yeah. on the own platform and et cetera. And there are all kinds of privacy. I don't want to go there. I mean, I yeah. don't want to go into politics. <laughs> um, but um, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, what will happen is that, yeah, we'll get the benefit of the technology. But you have to bear in mind. But you know what? When I'm talking to people in the U.S. especially, say, oh, I prefer the CBDC. Because, you know, they, they saw, like, especially, you know, I'm talking about the, forgive me, you know, if I'm being maybe politically incorrect. Uh, those who are probably <laughs> not your generation. <laughs> oh, what, boomers? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I kind of get it. Sorry for being politically incorrect, but you know, that's what they, you know, you can sense that they probably would say, "Oh, CBDC is much better than you know crypto," Uh, and they would prefer that uh, to to that. And even that, they may not like that because it's digital. You know, oh, I have to pay for my phone. You know, no, I like to feel you know my cash in my hands, and so it's 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 you know it's a little bit you know we'll see, but. Yeah, you're going to get the benefit of the technology. Like, you know, like I mentioned, you know, Thailand, for example, there are benefits. Yes, it's issued by the government. Yes, it is controlled by the government. Well, I mean, let's put it this way. In in the case, you know, of Thailand, I can be okay with that because it's not really currency. You know, it's a bond. Yeah. Uh, And... You know, at least, you know, they're doing something to have more financial inclusiveness, which is great. Yeah. Because, so that's a good solution because otherwise, if you want to purchase a bond, you have to go through, you know, the financial system anyways uh, for now. Uh, So, but I don't know, with currency, I mean, if I, I don't want it to be like the, let's put it this way. The model of China. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you uh, would hate to I, lose. I do, know, I do know that the UK and the Canadian, they are now experimenting with, uh, uh, with digital currency. They have a, sec- a section that's all about the privacy, how they can protect the privacy of the citizens, and et cetera, et cetera. Well, yeah. So they, I, think, they, I think that's kind of the interesting thing is like, if if the values were there and you had, you know, quote unquote, the right people in place, I'm sure you could actually, you know, at an engineering level, code mm-hmm. CBDC that protects privacy and limits what governments can do. Like you could build it into the system. The question yes, is, it is possible. Of course it's possible. I mean, the technology, yeah. you have a technological um, capability ability to build something that is private and uh, you know now if for, for example the EU is talking about they build a framework for digital identity yeah and digital identity and they and it's they are very focused that uh, they, they, it is in control of their citizens the citizens control the, the, the data they control their ID they decide who to share it with if they have, so the framework is there. If you can do it for digital identity, you can do it also for CBDC. Sure. Yeah. The, the question is just, you know, is the temptation too great? Right. Um, who knows? I mean, my, again, my personal preference is that it's just not even an option 
in the first place, right? Which I think is why people like the fully DeFi, you know, aspect of Bitcoin. And it's like, it's, I, I don't know if it's forever immutable and incorruptible, but for now, it, it's pretty damn good. Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, I mean, JPAL can just say, hey, we're flipping the switch. We're back to easing. Party's on, you know, and there's yeah. there's no choice. There's no process around that. Like, it's more or less an unelected bureaucrat just, you know, messing around with the largest financial market in the world. So um, there's right. there's a lot of that going on up here for me. So. Yeah, and understanding perfectly from that uh, on that. Uh, so, do I? I mean, this is why you know when I'm talking about eight, nine years ago, when before the CBDC craze. I mean, CBDCs were not even around. I, and I don't know if we had maybe one stable coin back then. Maybe only Tether was then. Yeah. When I got in, you know, um, not much. So. There was mostly crypto and the crypto and the ones of them are decentralized and different protocols. And that's what I was so fascinated by, you know, what can we do with that? How can we really build things, you know, that are decentralized and can go global and cross-border and all of that? I was very fascinated about that. Um, then, you know, we got all the governments, you know, now. <laughs> Yeah. Trying, you know, to figure out how to, uh, I don't know if limit, but it, it's 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 more challenging today. I mean, you sure. can't just go and build something uh, and 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 hope for the for the best. Yeah, uh, you so, know, is here. You know that uh, the EU has already ha has some regulation. At least they're proactive about it. Uh, they, I mean. Sweden, Singapore, um, Switzerland, uh, all of those places are, are more welcoming to these technologies. Um, and Japan, uh, another one that is very welcoming to these technologies. So I don't know. Um, I do want to see the, the, the real potential of these technologies to flourish including the monetary aspect of it. Um, I'm also teaching it. So when I talk to people, and especially them, again, forgive me for, for, for the... The, the but, you know, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they tend to not understand why we need it. Or the adoption of it. Or uh, we don't, I mean, no one is using it right now. So, how is it going to be adopted? Well, no one used internet at the beginning or email no. at the beginning, but now everyone is using it. Uh, you know, like people, I don't know, I, was, I wasn't, you know, at that time, but, you know, but I, I mean, people were saying, you know, when I was, re I, I'm, a, I'm a history buff. So, I read about all everything, you know, technology, also the history. So you read about people who were saying about the email, oh, I will never send an email. I'm only going to, you know, use, a, you know, snail mail. And yeah. now no one almost uses use, use yeah. mail. And sometimes, you know, when people ask me, you know, I send the fax and said, sorry, I don't have a fax. I don't even know what the fax is. I, I can't believe um... – I opened a new account today at Schwab, a joint account for my wife. They actually had an option to still fax this damn paperwork in. And it just, I don't know, maybe I'm too online and too in tech, but I, I just can't believe that's still an option. Is it, No, there are places that, in fact, you know, especially with government, uh, uh, you can't email. You have to fax it or mail it. And I'm like, sorry? I mean... Yeah. Which century are you in? Yeah. yeah, I know. It's it's wild. Um, let's see, we, we got 10 minutes left. I wanted okay, to uh, I, I wanted <laughs> to uh, There's so much to talk about. <laughs> no, I know. And I wanted to make sure we actually covered this in a little bit of detail because obviously it's the topic of the day. But what I mean, I so I was telling you I read your article about um, you know, the SEC security versus commodity, all that stuff. What's, I mean, what's your take right now? So today is June 14th for everyone who's made it this far. So, uh, 
Well, I mean, my take of where it's going, I mean, where are we going to get legislation or not? So, well, regulation is coming. We can't run away from it right now, especially now with all of these lawsuits. And I don't think, to be honest with you, I don't think that whether it's Coinbase or anybody else uh, are trying to avoid regulation. But it means, I mean, they basically were sending a petition to the SEC, please tell us what to do. They're like, you know, black and white, right? To us, A, B, C, D. And we're going to know that it's A, B, C, D that we need to do. They then came back with A, B, C, D. They said, oh, let's sue you. Yeah, <laughs> great. So, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be your friend. But you sue me. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's uh, so uh, it's coming. Now, why is that a good thing? Uh, well, it's, a, it's inevitable. I mean, it's all over the place. You know, it's, it's, maybe we do need clarity. I mean, at some, it's better to have clarity than have no clarity. At least we know how to navigate through regulations, whether then sure. where there's nothing happening and then you don't know or you're building something. And Gessler, in fact, is basically, I mean, the, the criticism that he has also, in, in, if, you, if you, I don't know if you listen to the congressional hearing, even then for, from Congress people, uh, um, the, he was criticized by that he's kind of driving innovation out of the country, which is true because, you know, I'm talking, you know, to this ecosystem, I'm very much involved with companies, whether, uh, I mean, developers and protocols that are building really fascinating uh, solutions, fascinating. Uh, that has not to do with just, you know, the payment system, but, you know, yeah. amazing stuff uh, on social and um, and education and, and you name it, you know, all, all sorts of things. And they saying, and all of, some of them already moved and some are in the transition of moving, whether they move to Thailand or they move to Singapore or Japan. And once they move out, they're not coming back. Yeah. Even when clarity sets in, you know, you're not going to move your business after you moved it out. I mean, that's it. You're done. And a lot of them have already doing it and done it uh, or in the process of doing it. So, yes, by him not being clear and saying what you need to do and trying not to be elusive, um, is not really helping to anybody, uh, including the legislators. So how are we going to get clarity? So there are two, you know, routes, I call it. The good one and not so good one, uh, I think. Uh, one is that legislators will become more proactive, like the legislators that we have, like what we have in the EU, you know, they're coming up, you know, I don't know if it's the best, so, you know, but at least they're talking to the industry, they huh. are communicating, they, you know, I was just, uh, you know, on, on our webinar with regulators in, in, from the EU on Monday. Uh, so we have a discussion about how to regulate the DFA. So, right. So they're talking about it. Yeah. You know, they're talking. Yeah. They're trying to understand what decentralization is, which is a tricky. Point. It's a tricky, to be honest with you. Uh, sure. Uh, it's not something that is easy to to understand, not even for developers. But nonetheless, uh, at least they're trying. Gensler is not trying. The legislators are, you know, sitting around and not doing much. There was a bipartisan. Um, Legislation, uh, I think, uh, came in like uh, last year or something like that uh, about digital assets. In fact, they <laughs> they they defined all of these digital assets commodities. So it's supposed to be in, at the jurisdiction of uh, C CFTC. Yeah, yeah, it, the SEC. So, but Gensler probably doesn't want that. Yeah, it, well, it kind of feels like like my cons my tinfoil hat is he might just want the clout, right? Like, because, you know, crypto, DeFi, whatever you want to call it, Web3 is going, is, I personally think, going to be a big thing. Um, yeah, exactly. And so he wants, he wants to rule it. He yeah. Wants to be the yeah. Guy. He wants to create his own empire of DeFi. Uh, but, but, so, so this, so the, the good route will be that the legislators will wake up 
and decide, okay, we are now putting some rules. Maybe this bipartisan uh, bill will, I don't know, be uh, will pass, you know, something or anything, something similar. And they will decide, okay, the SEC will uh, do restriction or CFTC or even they will put a new office in place. They will call it... um, blockchain or digital assets or whatever they want to call it. And that will be the office and there will be rules and this is what we know what to do. And that will be the best thing. Second best will be that we'll go through a Supreme uh, uh, ruling. Supreme like Court, what yeah. Supreme Court, like what we had with the, um, with the Howie test. I mean, the Howie test became, you know, the, the, yeah. the test that Gensler is talking about, that Benissa does. Yeah. The are clear. He's talking about the Howie test from 46. Yeah. And 46 was way before. I know. I know. It's almost, I mean, we're getting close to 80 years ago. Like, yeah. yeah. So that's that's <laughs> the rule that he's saying that is so clear. Yeah. And they decided, you know, that there are four, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, um, conditions that supposed to that you're supposed to meet, which is uh, investment. Uh, money investment in money uh, 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 in a common enterprise uh, to expect profit from the effort of others. So the whole idea here, here, I think that the main point here is that the effort of others and the common enterprise. So if it is decentralized, there's no control. There's no common enterprise. I mean, there's no enterprise basically. Yeah. that's the whole concept. Decentralized, yep. but I can understand that at the point when you just build it, it is kind of centralized because there's a group of developers who are building it before it is launched. So it takes some time to evolve to something decentralized. Sure. So, yeah, and you could almost you could almost have like a format where say you wanted to do like an ICO and raise money for a project, but mm-hmm. maybe you have a DAO and you try to keep to some product roadmap and. and you know, hit certain decentralization marks over time. And then say you get 10 years in and you're mm-hmm. call it 75% decentralized. Mm-hmm. Maybe your regulatory environment changes based on what you are operating at now versus then. Right. But I don't, right. Even, I don't even know if we've had that conversation. Yeah. In fact, I had this conversation on the, I mean, webinar, which I'm going to, you know, post it on my LinkedIn. Uh, the, the, that this webinar, which is very interesting, just listen to to the questions, and we have talked there about this definition of decentralization, and maybe there should be, you know, kind of like a timeline that will say, okay, sure. now it becomes decentralized. Now it can, you know, flow, and so it's like, you yeah. know, the baby can walk. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Now it can run and walk, and we can leave it. You know, we don't have to hold the hand. Yeah. So that's so maybe I mean, but at least you have to think about it. You can't just say, "Oh, it's all securities." I mean, if it's all securities, it's never going to be decentralized. From, from yeah. what you're saying, which is not true. Yeah, it's. I'm super curious to see how it all plays out because, like, I mean, just the again coming from Bankless, this is where I heard this, but just the timing of these lawsuits. Like, he won't even be the SEC chair. Most likely, but he he probably going to be somewhere in Congress. Or the I mean, he's it's there's some politics. It seems it seems political. I don't know. Yeah, it seems to me it's yeah he has some position that is running for, but it's not telling yes as yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what it seems like. But I can tell you something interesting. So, I mean, at least the the U the EU is is thinking about it. I mean, and and they're thinking not in terms of security, by the way, because for my, if you, I don't know if you're aware of that, but there's no clear definition of what security is like we have in the US. Oh, there's okay. no ruling like the Howie. Yeah. And also, because they are EU and they're trying to be more cohesive in the EU region, there are different definitions for securities in different countries. So instead of doing that, they, you know, they threw the, the security concept out of the window. No securities. Yeah. So that's a good thing, because if if you start something with the security, how can it kind of emerge to non-secure? I mean, it uh, <laughs> it's very presumptuous, I guess. Like if you think about what the internet was in the late '90s, with mm-hmm. you know, like AOL Messenger, right? Like, mm-hmm. who knew that 
AOL could turn into like a Discord or a Slack where it's, you know, this totally different experience with a million exactly. capabilities and you, you could have never predicted it. Like it's mm-hmm. it's just presumptuous to think that you understand the future that well. And, you know, I mean, what, what was the Howie test? 1946? That's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time ago. And, and so many things have happened since then. And the technology have evolved so immensely since then. It's even going to, you know, exponentially uh, change and, and, and change our lives and, and the way that we do business and the way that we transact and the way that anything, everything is happening. So trying to put everything because it's security, because it's easy for him to say it's security, and not even thinking about it. I mean, it, it doesn't even, oh, I tell you something. You know, there was a consultation, the, the equivalent of, uh, let's say this, the SEC that we have here in um the future's I mean, uh, yeah, I think the CPR or something like that, or ACPR or something like that. Uh, they own central, you know, federal, whatever they want to call it. Uh, you know, that the, the one that uh, is uh, takes care of all the markets. You know, the the regulation of the markets there oh, in okay. France. They they came up with they came up with a consultation paper uh, on um, on DeFi. So there's a huge section on the debate of the question, what is decentralized? What is decentralization? So at least they are struggling with the definition of decentralization and not just saying it is security. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're trying to at least understand it, understand what it means, understand what smart contracts are, how you can audit it, how can you certify it, how can you whether to uh, regulate developers or not, and asking the, the industry to to, uh, uh, to to send the responses and and uh, uh, and comment on that, which I did, you know, as part you know, of others, you know, within my community, I didn't do it on my own. So uh, yeah. <laughs> many many did that, uh, and I was. Uh, Working, uh, you know, in the name of uh, INATWA, which is International Association for Trusted Blockchain Application, which I'm uh, an advisor uh, on the advisory board. So, so we are responding to that. But at least they are trying to think and think it through and understand the problem, understand the benefit, understand the challenges. They, 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 that you know, the definition itself is challenging. And yeah, you should listen, you know, to this webinar. You know, the 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 EU, uh, uh, there's some some organizations of leaders from the EU were saying, you know, that uh, there's uh, someone from the EU Commission who's the you know is is the head of the digital uh, um, section there, and he says, yeah, you know, we're trying to figure out what decentralization is, and at least you know he's he's they're doing they're putting some effort. Well, maybe maybe uh, yeah. Maybe we can leave it with uh, a challenge just to the U.S. We don't want to lose to Europe, so we better figure it out, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't really, we don't want all the bright minds to leave our country. Please, no, no. And um, I mean, it if it, it, it just seems like that every all all the best engineers are working on this Web three decentralized crypto thing, right? Um, it, it definitely seems like it, it's the spot for, you know, a, a lot of people. Um, I think I lost you there for a sec, too. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think we got uh, frozen for, I don't know, um, a minute or so. Okay, so, well, let's uh, let's maybe put a pause on it because I got to jump to a family thing. But, yeah, um, uh, Marav, if there's anything you want to say, just you know, wrapping up real quick where people can find you, your work, um, feel free. Uh, I think, well, I mean, best place to find me, I have a website called drblockchain.io, Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R blockchain.io. Uh, you can find all my articles, my webcasts, webinars, material, services that I um, 
that I do, uh, which is basically helping companies to implementing these technologies and uh, looking at from uh, full system solutions. It's basically have what I do is something very unique because of my unique background, which I just mentioned, which is takes a 360 degree of how to implement that from again all the benefits to the challenges to how to integrate all sorts of technologies together the regulation issues everything so that's the way that i approach these solutions from a business perspective technology etc and um, i also do workshops and i write a lot and i'm also in the process of uh, almost finishing a book uh, on emerging technologies which is basically what I just mentioned, it takes this 360 degrees of how to implement that. And um, that I think, uh, so it's basically, I call it um, in, uh, innovation, a responsible innovation while, um, while uh, bringing social impact. So, so that's there it. There we go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, um, Thanks for coming on. I I mean, we probably could have kept going and going, but I, I do have to get out of here. But, um, but yeah, great to have you on. You're welcome back anytime. Okay. My pleasure. And I would like to be back. You know, I'm sure there will be a lot to talk about next time. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. All right. We'll leave it there. Bye, everyone. Yeah. Bye.